We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good morning. Welcome. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Yes, I apologize for the voice. Uh, still falling out from last night at uh, Highmark Stadium. What a game. And I, I know it, it makes it difficult to talk politics this morning, as I put on Twitter. Um, I'm not really in the, the, the best mood to talk politics. However, it's Hardline. I promised you an informative show every week, and an informative show is what I'm going to give you. Our lineup today is State Senator Sean Ryan. We will have a check-in with the National Weather Service about tomorrow's storm. Tim Thielman joins us at 11, and Stephen Sams, a man who is running against Brian Higgins, will join us at 11.30. Don't worry, next week um, or the week after, we will have Congressman Brian Higgins back on Hardline. But our first guest is State Senator Sean Ryan. Senator, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. How are you doing after that big game yesterday? Oh, I'm telling you. I, there's, I haven't been so happy about the Bills in, in a long time. They, they pitched a shutout last night. Seven uh, drives, seven touchdowns. Amazing. I'll tell you, it, it's, it's a different feeling than after that first game last year where they just squeaked by the Colts. It's a completely different feeling going into next week. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, I, I watched the games from a, a relative's warm living room, but I had a, a several cousins who came in from out of town, and I sent them off to the game yesterday, and they they looked like they were going on a polar expedition. They had layers uh, upon layers, but it was really cool. I'll tell you, it was it was worth every layer. I I went six uh, six to nine layers and uh, a bunch of hand warmers, but. Uh, nothing beats beating that building yesterday. Now, State Senator, I, I am uh, under the impression, I was told that you uh, had a bet with a Massachusetts senator on last night's game. Looks like you'll be getting some good food going your way. I did. We, we won big. You know, we had, the, uh, we had a lot on the line there. We had sponge candy. We had Weber's uh, mustard. Uh, but we, we pulled it off. And so uh, this week, uh, compliments of State Senator Paul Feeney from Foxborough, uh, a fire hall in Orchard Park was going to be getting a nice delivery of, uh, of food from uh, the Foxborough area. So happy about that. That is awesome. And I know they'll enjoy that. Now, uh, we're talking to Tim Thielman at 11 uh, about the Great Northern Grain Elevator. This is something that you have uh, made a few comments on. You've been right in front of the Grain Elevator. Why do you feel this is something important to save here in Buffalo? Well, it, you know, it's a historic industrial uh, building. It's the last building of its kind in North America. Um, and it really shows our legacy. That, that grain elevator you know, fed the world. Uh, it tells the whole story of every grain elevator that, that came uh, af- after it. Um, and it's just amazing that you know, the city allowed 
your Archer's Daniel or Midland, a billion-dollar company, to not maintain that grain elevator. I mean, our citizens get cited all the time for having a leaky downspout or peeling paint or a chimney with bad mortar in it. Uh, but that thing just rotted in, in plain sight. Um, and boy, did we have a corporation that, that could have maintained it. Would you like to see um, the city take over that building? Would you like to see a, uh, another uh, someone come in and buy it from ADM? What, what's the next step after saving it from demolition? You know, there's option after option, but those options only work if, in fact, the building is there. And, you know, we came a hair's breadth away from that building uh, disappearing uh, for, forever. And, we, you know, we've had those mistakes in the past in, in Buffalo. I mean, the, the Larkin Industrial Complex was knocked down to, you know, make progress. But that still is just an empty, uh, you know, parking lot, you know, and it's awful. And, you know, less, less importance, but, you know, the, the Harbor Inn that Palladino knocked down in the 90s, a uh, beautiful bar restaurant, you know, would have been hopping uh, today. It just sits as a vacant lot. So we have a lot of value and a lot of state money has been pumped into Western New York through the historic tax credit. Richardson Complex, Shays, Buffalo Theater, Lafayette Hotel. You know, the list goes on and on. And it's just amazing that as while that's happening and we're being recognized nationally for our historic architecture, you know, the city's issuing demolition uh, permits to essentially anyone who wants one. So this is really shining the light on some bad practices. Um, and now here's the crazy thing, Joe. You know, you always hear about, oh, is this good for the business community and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we got, you know, helping to backstop this whole deal is, is Doug Jamal. And, you know, he is a uh, old-fashioned developer, and he looks and scratches his head at why we would be knocking any of this stuff down to Buffalo. You know, he's a Washington, D.C. guy, but he said, this is what makes Buffalo cool. Uh, and without it, you know, what do you really got? Just sort of a, a boring place like any other city. But he said Buffalo has these treasures that we just don't even realize. So happy to be working with him on this project. Uh, have you been in any kind of contact with ADM? Have you spoken with anyone from ADM throughout all this? You got better luck talking to like a Spectrum customer service rep than you do getting a hold of anyone from ADM. Um, you know, they, they've really uh, been been hiding on this. Um, they don't really even have a government affairs person in New York State. So they are trying to hide as, as long as they can. And, you know, their corporate goal is to demolish this building and then just do nothing uh, with the site. So ADM, they're going to have to come out of hiding sooner or later. Now, also uh, happening this week in Albany, and I'd like to get your uh, take on this, is that the eviction moratorium is going to expire or has expired. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, and what are your what is your message to those that might still be struggling to pay their rent? Well, it, it's a it's a tough issue, right? We we maintain the the moratorium in New York State longer than I think any other state in the union, but New Mexico. So. We know there's a backlog, but we've also watched other states' moratoriums have expired, and none of the projected deluge of evictions happened. Now, we don't know why. You know, we think that people worked out deals, uh, you know, with, the, with their landlords. A lot of these matters are just settled, and they, they never go to court, or if they did go to court, 
So, you know, the national people who look at this are scratching their head, but they haven't seen a deluge. Um, but we know we, we have a problem, right? So we have people who definitely can't pay the rent. But then in places like Buffalo, you know, we have small landlords. I mean, it's so common for people from all walks of life to own a double or two. But they use that rental payment to pay their mortgage. Um, and I've heard story after story about, you know, people taking their, you know, their salaries uh, to pay their mortgages with. And, you know, they're really hurting. So we're hoping between the, you know, the state's programs that we put together uh, to help landlords and tenants that it'll make it so there is, you know, no big deluge of evictions. And we're going to keep an eye on it. And if there becomes a huge crisis, you know, we can step in uh, again. Uh, but right now, we think the facts indicate that we can let this expire and not have a massive uh, problem going forward. But we're going to keep an eye on it. And for some of those landlords that, you know, have, have had some issues over the past few months or, or the last year, um, what are those programs? How can they, um, how can they get in touch with the state uh, to get some help for maybe a tenant that hasn't been paying? Yeah, I mean, the landlords groups in Western New York, they're, they're coordinating this year and they're working together. Um, and that's good. And, you know, they have, they have their own uh, public affairs person. So they're familiar with the, uh, we call the ERAC program that we set up using the American Rescue uh, Plan funds. Uh, over 100,000 New Yorkers are on the verge of losing their apartments or homes uh, have used that. And then we set up another fund just for landlords who had tenants you know, who wouldn't fill applications out. So we had another, another fund from that. And then also part of this moratorium was, was moratorium on, on foreclosures, too. So people who couldn't make their mortgages didn't lose their house. But we see, you know, the economy's you know, changing. Um, there's more jobs than there were a year or so ago. So, you know, I would, I would hazard to say we're keeping our fingers crossed, but, you know, we're keeping our fingers crossed and, and we're keeping a, a close eye uh, on this. Now, that also uh, obviously all came from COVID. Uh, COVID still something that, you know, is on top of everyone's mind. Um, what do you think of the current strategy the state has with COVID-19 and uh, the messaging out there at this point in the pandemic? You know, we thought we were in good shape, right? I mean, heading into Christmas, uh, Western New York had their own problems with the higher than the rest of the state rates. Um, but then Omicron came and it really changed the rules. So um, we are keeping, once again, um, a, cl- a close eye. We changed some of our school policies. So uh, no longer are school kids coming out for contacts. Uh, West New York superintendents really work closely together. And they really help drive a statewide policy of test and stay. So, but, you know, once again, this is doing science sort of in real time. So the things that we put together last week, you know, we just got to keep watching them to see if they hold because uh, Alpha is different than Delta and Delta is different than uh, Omicron. But we know that Omicron is going so fast through the population that, you know, just, um, you know, one of my neighborhood bar restaurants, you know, they were closed between Christmas and New Year's because they had an outbreak uh, throughout their whole staff. Uh, Everyone was sick. They couldn't get people into work. I'm talking to a lot of local employers are experiencing uh, the, the same thing. So um, a lot of people are sick. Uh, it's spreading through. We're watching our hospitals and our 
ICUs to see what capacities are. But, you know, we still have people in our community, you know, it's sad because we want to be over it, right? But right now there's people sitting in ICUs in Western New York and there's people dying. Um, so, you know, to those families, you know, we put out our condolences. But I, you know, I feel especially bad for the folks who have relatives who are really sick now because, you know, the messaging and all is this is a, you know, a lot less worse than the other variants. But if you're someone in the ICU, uh, you know, that, that message isn't helping you at all. Speaking of uh, the hospitalization numbers, were you surprised um, here in Western New York? I I know it's different throughout the state, but here in Western New York to see of COVID hospitalizations, 39% were there for something else other than COVID. Were you surprised by that number? And again, not to take away from those that are in the ICU, those that are there for COVID. I'm not trying to take that away. I'm just, what was your reaction when you saw those numbers out of Western New York? That's not a, you know, it's not a different number. I mean, people get sick. During COVID, people still have, you know, heart attacks, car accidents, and, you know, other things going on. So, um, you know, throughout the pandemic, there were healthcare workers were always fighting the pandemic. But at the same time, you know, somebody with a heart attack, you know, they get transported right to the that, that same uh, ER and the same ICU. So um, the hospitals are really doing double duties, right? They're doing what they usually do. And then on top of that, you have the... Uh, pandemic going on. So, you know, they're, they're stretched thing. You know, we talk about people who are stretched thing, then, you know, this is two years now for people working in healthcare. And, uh, you know, if you talk to anyone who works in a hospital system, you know, a nurse or it's just tremendously fatiguing. Like it's, you know, it's for them, it's, it's not going away. You know, it keeps coming. And, you know, that's a lot of Western New Yorkers who are going to work every day, putting themselves uh, in in the position of having to treat people who have COVID, but also put themselves uh, at a risk. So, you know, hats off to the healthcare providers. That's for sure. I'm interested in your take on this. Uh, you know, I, I've been very vocal about the messaging around the vaccine. And, and as we have seen now with, with the Omicron, as you mentioned, I mean, it is spreading. You know, a lot of doctors uh, say that everyone's going to come in contact with Omicron um, and, and a lot of people will be infected. But if you're vaccinated, you know, your your chance of a severe illness is is uh, lessened. Do you think that should have been the messaging from the beginning here in New York State that if you get vaccinated, you might still get COVID, uh, but it will be at the most a mild uh, case of COVID? I think that has been the message the whole time is that the vaccine can help prevent you from getting it, and then if you do get it, your case will be a lot less uh, extreme. Um, but I don't know if you've heard this, but there's also a lot of disinformation about uh, vaccines out there. And so, you know, we have really low rates of vaccinations in the counties surrounding Erie County. Um, you know, and seeing what's happening, people are getting uh, really, really sick. So um, a lot of counter messaging going on. Uh, but one thing is for sure, you're a lot safer going out into the world if you've got your three vaccines. Um, and I know a lot of people, for whatever reason, they're rolling the dice on this, uh, but those are the ones who are getting severely ill and those are the ones who are filling up uh, you know, the ICU. And it's the hardest ever to message on this issue. Um, you know, cause Joe, we, you know, you hear what your family doctor says and you go to a podcast or you turn on the radio and you hear people saying, you know, the, that the whole thing is a scam and there is no such thing as COVID or, 
you know, vaccines give you all these uh, health problems. Um, you know, you don't have to go further than Joe Rogan, who educates, you know, air quotes, educates millions of Americans a day. And, it's, you know, full of information that that's not true. So, you know, I recently went for my yearly physical and talked to my doctor and, he, you know, he just said it's, it's never been so tough uh, talking to patients because patients come in thinking they know more than you know, the doctors because they're doing their own research uh, by reading websites that are full of bad information. Now, last week we had um, State Senator Rob Ort on, and he uh, said his plans and what the Republicans' plans are for New York State uh, this year in 2022. Uh, I'm glad to have you on to ask you, what uh, what are the Democrats in New York? What is their outlook for the year 2022 for the party and their uh, plan for the state? So we all have our, our plans, but one thing for sure is, you know, as much as we don't want it to be, COVID has, has to be the number one issue that we're dealing with. Um, you know, we got to keep it under control. People need to get their boosters. Um, we need to keep people safe. If we want the economy back on track, if you want your life back on track, uh, we need we need to uh, you know get shots in the arms. You know, especially in Cattaraugus County, Allegheny County, uh, Chautauqua County, much lower you know vaccine rate. So, um, but in the absence of COVID, you know, uh, there's a plan to expand broadband. Um, in New York State, you know, we all know that before the pandemic, having bad internet was sort of a pain. Uh, but then when you started to do schooling at home, telemedicine uh, at home, all sorts of things at home, you realized, holy cow, uh, substandard internet really affects you. So there's, we passed a law last year that's mandating the Public Service Commission do a complete map of New York State. Uh, that'll be out early spring. And then with some of the federal stimulus money, we're going to be able to uh, build out to areas of New York that no ha- don't have it. But then also look at the areas of New York State who do have it, but have a lot of people who aren't connected. Um, and that has a lot to do with, you know, how Spectrum uh, manages uh, its business for us in Western New York. But there's other Spectrum types throughout New York State. So we make to make sure there's rules around Internet. And then SUNY is... Uh, I'm so happy to hear Governor Hochul talking about SUNY in her state of the state. We all know that SUNY is where the middle class was born, but it's really suffered uh, the last 10 to 20 years from New York State's austerity. Uh, the last three governors have really looked at SUNY as an economic liability as opposed to an economic engine. So we need to take a comprehensive look at SUNY, you know, decentralize it a bit create a better governing structure, um, you know, and Governor Hochul's talking about creating two flagship SUNY campuses, you know, one at the University of Buffalo and one at the other end of the state at Stony Brook. So I think there's a lot of work that we can do with SUNY. And then the other issue, Joe, it's an issue we've been talking about in New York, in Western New York for a long time, but trying to reduce some of the negative impacts of the bad highway systems we built. So we've got, you know, the 190 cutting off the river. Um, you know, we, we've got the Skyway. And then we've got the Kensington and the Skijakwita, you know, both, which are just it's like someone took a sword and slashed Buffalo with it. So there's plans to, uh, you know, help fix the Kensington and help make the Kensington and the Skijakwita work together more. And there's big planning around all those things. So a lot going on, you know. 
a lot of good stuff, and you know, we look forward to having the most productive year we can under these circumstances. And that last thing you mentioned with the uh, the 198, the 33, all, all those uh, those roads, that is something that is a show I'd like to do in the future with uh, you and Congressman Higgins. So hopefully we can make that work. State Senator Sean Ryan, the the first guest after the big bills win. Thanks for joining me on a Sunday morning, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, stay warm, my friend. Yes, you too. That is State Senator Sean Ryan joining us. When we come back, there is a storm on the way to Western New York. And we have the National Weather Service to get you updated. I know a lot of you are off work tomorrow. So for a lot of you, you're like, hey, I get to sit in, I get to make my coffee, and I can watch the storm from my window. But there are some of us, like myself, who have to work tomorrow, like Josh, who's here for 24 straight hours. We, we have to work tomorrow, and we'd like to know what the weather's going to be like. So when we come back, we have an update from the National Weather Service, and then... We're going to play back an interview from earlier in the week talking about the mess that international travel has been for some people and uh, may have canceled a few trips like for yours truly here on Hardline on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Happy Sunday, Go Bills! If you're just joining us, I apologize about the uh, the voice. Yelled a little bit at the stadium yesterday, and you know, still still trying to uh, thaw out. But we have a storm on the way, and that is what we want to let you know. I know a lot of you are off of work tomorrow. Good for you. You get to sit at home. You don't have to worry about this. But for people like myself. We do have to travel in it, and Dave Thomas is here to help us get through it. Dave, good morning. Good morning. Before we get into what happened, what, what hap- what's going to happen tonight and tomorrow, can you tell us how cold it got at the stadium last night? Uh, we were looking at single-digit temperatures, uh, the low single-digit temperatures throughout the evening hours last night. Yeah, it was uh, it was cold. No exposed skin uh, for those at the uh, at the stadium. Now, turn it around to tonight. Uh, calling for uh, one to two feet of snow in western New York. Where are we going to see the most impacted areas? Yes, the uh, most impacted areas are going to be everywhere. Uh, this is a widespread snow event that's going to be arriving here this evening and spreading across all of western New York throughout the overnight hours. And by the time we wake up tomorrow, we'll be looking at uh, somewhere closing in on a foot of snow in counting. And by tomorrow, what time tomorrow morning will we be at the foot measure? We'll be looking at a foot of snow here, uh, waking up early Monday morning. Uh, the heaviest snow is actually going to be uh, from about 9 p.m. this evening through 
about 9 a.m. on Monday, and uh, that's where the time frame that most areas will be uh, seeing their snow depth increase to around a foot and only going up from there. So 9 to 9, the heaviest. How much snow are we expecting after 9 a.m. tomorrow, and when do we expect this uh, storm to finally stop? Yeah, after 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, we'll still see another half foot of snow to even a foot. The, uh, the foot would be uh, reserved for areas such as the Chautauqua Ridge and the southern Lake Ontario shoreline where the uh, event will actually transition to more of a lake effect snow event uh, with uh, snow becoming much more fluffier and adding up. Now, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we had a storm, and it got here about 10 to 12 hours late. Is that a possibility with this storm, or are we pretty sure this thing is coming and it's starting tonight? This storm, we are certain it's going to be coming. It's a whole different beast. Uh, uh, the last event was a lake effect event. Uh, this is a widespread. We can already see it on radar. It's uh, actually just south of the Mason-Dixon line here this late Sunday morning, and uh, snow is pushing northward. And it will be arriving here this evening and uh, right through the overnight hours. Dave, uh, you know, so we, we get this storm, right, uh, tomorrow. Now, later in the week, uh, are we going to see temperatures that will melt this snow, or are we going to be staying below 32 for this week? We're going to be seeing temperatures on Wednesday uh, go a couple degrees above the freezing mark. But there's going to be a really strong cold front again Wednesday afternoon and evening. That's going to send us right back into the freezer and we'll be stuck in this freezer here for the better part of the month. I got another question about tonight and to tomorrow. Will there be any? Will this be a wind event as well? Are we going to see the wind gusts get up there? Uh, the winds aren't going to be much of a concern at the onset. Uh, through early Monday, uh, just looking for light winds, uh, so not too much blowing and drifting for the snow. Uh, but by Monday afternoon, and especially Monday evening, uh, the winds could be gusting as high as 45 miles an hour. Uh, this will be from the northwest, which will create a lot of blowing and drifting snow and also reduce visibilities. I was going to say, you say that, that we're going to see light, fluffy snow, so that will be easy to pick up with that wind. Uh, yes, yes, uh, especially along the southern shore of Lake Ontario and towards uh, ski country in the southern tier uh, Monday evening. So th- the message is, Dave, if you are listening to my voice right now, you are not getting out of the storm. It is coming for you. Yes, the storm is arriving. All right, and now I, I have a question. Do you have to work tomorrow? I will be working tomorrow. So you'll be working during the storm, Dave. I'm sure we'll be talking with you then. I appreciate you joining me on Sunday, and uh, stay safe. Thanks. You too. That is Dave Thomas from the National Weather Service. Yes, there is a storm on the way here in western New York. And as he said, if you are listening to my voice, you're going to get snow. You wake up tomorrow morning, there could be a foot of snow on the ground. And then, did you catch what he said after that? There could be a foot of snow on the ground before 9 a.m. And then he casually threw in there, oh, another foot could be there after 9 a.m. So we're looking at a potential of two feet of snow, and there will be places, listening to my voice right now, where there will be two feet of snow by tomorrow night. So if you have to get out of the house, if you have to go somewhere tomorrow, give yourself plenty of time. For example, I'm in for Tom Bowerly tomorrow. That's after 9 a.m. So we could have over a foot of snow here in Amherst when I drive into work tomorrow to fill in for Tom Bowerly. So just give yourself plenty of time. Don't do anything stupid. We know how to drive in this, right? You always see people end up in a ditch. You always hear about the accidents. I don't want to hear Alan Harris telling us about an accident because of snow tomorrow. So make sure you stay safe, right? 
You've got everything on that checklist. Fill up your gas tank now. If you're in the car, if you're going, if you're coming home from church, fill up the tank now. You don't want it to be halftime of the Kansas City Pittsburgh game tonight, and we're already seeing snow. And you think to yourself, "Hmm, my empty light came on this afternoon." Fill up the car now. Take all precautions. And you heard Dave say, and he wouldn't lie to us. You heard Dave say, this isn't going to be like the last storm. It's not going to change the time it arrives. It is coming. It'll be here at 7 o'clock. All right? This isn't going to go away or slow down and come 12 hours late. It's coming tonight, all through tomorrow. So just prepare yourself. Stay safe. If you don't have to go somewhere, which a lot of you don't tomorrow, don't go anywhere. Stay home. My gosh, I would love a day just to stay home, watch TV. There's a game tomorrow night, don't forget, right? The playoffs on Monday night. So just enjoy yourselves. And uh, again, get that stuff. I always say, make sure there's a few uh, goodies in the freezer that you can throw in an air fryer or in the oven, right? And then you're all prepared. So... Take the precautions you need to take. Get ready. This storm is coming. All right. It is Hardline on WBEM. We're going to do something a little different here. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to play a little bit of Brian Mazarowski and I's interview with Stephen Marshall from Glenny Travel, talking about international travel. We'll play a little clip of that when we come back. But don't don't leave us. At 11 o'clock, Tim Thielman is joining us. And at 11.30, Stephen Sams. He is running against Brian Higgins in the 26th Congressional District. He will join us at 11.30 to talk about his campaign and why he thinks it's time for new representation in District 26. A lot more to come here on Hardline. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me here on Sunday on WBEN. Welcome back. Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'll tell you, you know, the Bills win yesterday. You would think people on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board would be in a better mood. But, um, like the last text. So at 2 o'clock tomorrow, I'll be listening to another station. So, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of positivity on the Volkswagen. You know, a lot of people during the first segment made great points on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Um, but I say I'm in for Tom tomorrow, and... This person decides that, hey, I got to make sure I'm listening. Thank you. Uh, now I know the ran- this random person whose number I don't know uh, will be listening to another station tomorrow at 2. But if you would like to listen, if you're going to be around, if you actually have to work tomorrow, uh, I will be in for Tom Bowerly, 2 to 6, here on WBEN. Lots to talk about. And maybe even some comments on our uh, our first interview of, uh, of Hardline at 10 o'clock. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, uh, lots to talk about tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, David's, David's here at, two, at, uh, at 10, and uh, Brian will be solo for BMAZ and Beamer and also for A New Morning. So um, you're uh, close to your regular lineup. Uh, you just have to put up with me uh, at 2 o'clock, but Tom will be returning on Tuesday. All right. As I mentioned, it has been a, a, a tough time for some people trying to go internationally, uh, to internationally travel. Why? Well, to get back into your home country here, the United States of America, you have to take a COVID test. And you could feel great, not sick at all. Uh, but we're hearing of people who feel great, not sick at all, and they get those positive tests. How is that affecting international travel? We spoke with Stephen Marshall of Glenny Travel earlier this week. Here's just a small clip of that interview here on WBEN. Yes, for sure. It's a, it's a major concern. Um, there is workarounds, however, but 
with the Omicron, it's now, you know, so contagious. Uh, some people, uh, you know, they get it, don't even know that they have it. So then they probably don't get tested. So uh, we do have clients uh, that have been tested positive in destination. Um, the airlines and the resorts are working with the clients uh, to get them, you know, accommodated in home within the five days if there's test positive. Uh, what we're finding is um, uh, that the uh, resorts mostly are working with us and the airlines as well. Uh, hopefully, most people purchase insurance before they go, and then that would cover their out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, some of the resorts, they're actually uh, letting you stay for free for the extra five days until you test negative. But what we're recommending is, uh, as a safety precaution, probably, uh, you know, if you think you might have had COVID, get tested before you go. Um, just to make sure you're negative, uh, or if you're positive and you're not contagious, then that could be accompanied by a, a letter from your doctor so you're not stuck somewhere. So that's what we're running into. But it is a growing concern now because of the Omicron being so contagious. You, you heard me say to Joe when he told me this story, I was of like two minds to this. I was, one, you're, you know, driving yourself crazy. Two, uh, yeah, if it was my money, I'd be pretty concerned myself um how you know how concerned should you be if you're traveling or planning to travel i, I mean what is what are you telling people with you know what what to look out for well uh we're advising okay first prior to you leaving just to protect yourself in case of a you know a, um, an emergency or some issue definitely being be covered by insurance um, go over the, all the protocols before you leave so you know if the resort's going to work with you. A lot of them advertise that you can stay for free, and the, the tests that you have before coming home are free. And uh, the airlines, if you have a good travel agent, they'll, you know, they'll be your troubleshooter when you're in destination, and then they'll, they'll adjust everything to get you home. So... Basically, uh, just be, you know, maybe on the, you know, a conservative attitude and go over all the fine points with your travel agent because we're going through this every single day now for a long time. So, so once you're in destination, um, I think the pros outweigh the cons because we, our feedback is, oh, my God, I'm glad I went on vacation because I finally felt free. So even though there's the, the uh, testing that's in the background that you have to take before you come home. So I, I, it is a concern, but I think you can protect yourself. And Steve, in these destinations where most people are going internationally, can you test every day in, for hoping to get that negative? Or is there a certain number of days you have to stay um, based on the country? No. Okay. So in every country is different. Uh, that's where before you leave, you need to be aware of that. Uh, generally speaking, uh, you would only get tested once 
prior to your departure, which is 24 hours prior to your flight home. Um, you, it's not nobody is getting tested every day in destination, um, it, unless the island that you're going to or the country that you're traveling to requires you to have a like a midweek test. But that's a rarity. And uh, like if you're the most common destinations are Jamaica, uh, Punta Cana, and uh, the Mayan Riviera. Mayan Riviera, Punta Cana, they do not have those type of restrictions. It's only the uh, rapid test before you come home. How often do you hear a story about somebody, you know, getting stuck or, or going out somewhere they got the positive test before they can come home, and now they're kind of in limbo. Okay. So right now it's, uh, it's increasing because the, uh, of testing positive. It's still the minority, but it is increasing because of the, uh, the Omicron virus, which is, uh, you know, so contagious, and, and a lot of people aren't even aware that they have it. So you do have that. It is increasing, uh, full disclosure, but but it's still not the common uh, occurrence. Steve, what do you are you noticing more people testing positive before even taking off? You know, I mean, as you said, with Omicron, we have so many people uh, that are testing positive aren't even sick. Uh, are you noticing people get to the airport or you know a, a day before getting to the airport they get that test positive, have to cancel the trip? Yeah. So. So the way to protect yourself in that case, I, I'm not aware that ha, that could be a thing, but it's not has not really grown. Like people aren't just being proactive and doing testing randomly, but it might be something like if you're booking a trip, uh, you know, so like in advance, and and you might like a couple of weeks before. Uh, as a safety precaution, you might want to just go into your local pharmacy and get a get a test just to make sure that you know there's not a high, uh, a positive hiding in your system. So, and then um, if you have the insurance, which you, we sell as any reason insurance, so you simply call us up and say, Steve, I've got a positive, so uh, you got to we're going to have to use that insurance. You might have a positive hiding. Within you, you not even know you're positive, but it might keep you from going on a on a trip. More about that later in the week, I'm sure of it. When we come back, we're talking with Tim Thielman about the Great Northern Elevator, and then at 11:30, Stephen Sams joining us to talk about his run against Brian Higgins. Another hour of Hardline. Thank you so much for taking part of your Sunday to spend it with me here on WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.